0: Swinging a fly ball to right field. This one is deep. And it's has a home run! Works off winner for Alex Kavila! Swing! And a miss! He got him on strike! Oh, baby! Oh, baby indeed, Mr. Dickerson. Welcome, one and all, to our first official installment of Tiger Talk on Impact 89 FM Sports Page. This is our first Tigers podcast that will be released officially. We are just under two months away from opening day for Detroit. Who's excited for 2014? I know I am. We got all sorts of new characters on this wonderful Tigers team, including Jabba Chamberlain, Ian Kinsler, Rajai Davis, Joe Nathan, etc. The list goes on and on and on, all the way to the top with our new manager, Brad Ausmus. Looking forward to this? Got questions, concerns? We'll get to all of those in just a minute, we're going to recap what we did in 2013 here. Maybe a look back at how the Tigers did, things to improve on. Look into 2014, see what we can do with the infield, outfield. Maybe some defensive changes, Lost a little bit of power, maybe a couple hundred pounds of power in Prince Fielder. See how they can make that up in the future. And moving on to spring training that just starts this week with catchers and pitchers reporting. And maybe a couple of surprising faces to see so early in the year. But let's go back 2013, guys. Start Tigers started strong. We all know that very well. They were expected to win the AL Central, and they did. They were about four or five games up with about a week to go and sealed that division early, allowed us to get our pitchers in line for the playoffs with a 93-69 record. Not shabby at all. Favorites to win the World Series coming into the preseason, and that's almost what they did. Standout stars, maybe... I mean maybe Miguel Cabrera might have been one. If you look at Cabrera's stats over 2013, you just realize how ridiculous that year was for him. He played at 148 games, which is full 14 less. Actually, it's the least amount of games that Miguel Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera played in since he began playing in the Major League Baseball system. Ever since his rookie year, he played at least over 150 games except for 2013. And surprisingly, 2013 was the year he put up some of his best numbers. 148 games played, tallied 103 runs, 44 homers tied his best in 137 RBIs. Absolutely ridiculous. With the last month, pretty much Cabrera playing in a torn groin area. Finished with a 348 batting average, a four fifty on base, and a just insane six thirty six slugging. When Cabrera came up to the plate, he got on base almost half the time. His OBS tallied over one, and it's kind of hard to put a number of value on Miguel Cabrera. When you talk about money, he's one of those players, you know, when he's coming up to the plate, you know something special is going to happen. Cabrera also had a little bit of news earlier today as of February 10th. Reporting to spring training early, looking to get moving on the field. Might not just be because Michigan's terrifyingly cold right now. Looking to get moving, hoping to get back in shape for baseball, and we love it. Now, Justin Verlander in the postseason, not too shabby either. His 13-12 and 12 record in the regular season left a little bit to be desired. But with the work of Scherzer, Sanchez, all people who were pretty much in the AL Cy Young race, all that were Tigers, it's kind of hard to argue that he needed to do better this year. In the three starts the Verlander went in, every time he had a pitch count over 100, he pitched 23 total innings in those three starts, had 10 hits total 31 strikeouts and a .39 ERA. That's unfathomable in the postseason. time where pressure is on and people need to do his best, Verlander definitely dialed it up. Put that in perspective. Every time Verlander gave up a run, it was over the course of just about one game. Gave up just over one run per game. And he was 1-2 in that series in his three games. A little bit disappointing, to say the least, the lack of run support that Verlander is all too familiar with when he's playing in the postseason with Detroit. Verlander was often cited that he didn't do well in the postseason. This was around his second or third year right off his rookie year. Verlander was a very solid pitcher but couldn't perform in the postseason. I think he's put those murmurs to rest. Even more news in 2013, it was obviously the postseason bats went quiet. I mean, Austin Jackson was a Absolutely atrocious in that first ALDS against Oakland, putting up a lovely 3 for 33 at the plate with about 18 strikeouts, I believe it was. Not exactly the best kind of performance you want to put up for your leadoff hitter when you've got Cabrera coming up to the plate in two batters and then Prince Fielder directly behind him. Prince Fielder wasn't off the hook either. When you have a leadoff hitter at the kick and on base, power hitters can't have much to do with... And even people like Johnny Peralta, who were hitting in that series, put up some of the best numbers of his postseason career, didn't have people to get on base for him. Peralta obviously went right after Prince Fielder, led a lot to be desired there. And obviously didn't help that Miguel Cabrera was injured during the postseason, played through it like an absolute MVP caliber player, but in the end it just wasn't enough because of, and this is the big killer here, it was the postseason bullpen. Now, Max Scherzer had some absolutely phenomenal pitching in the postseason, as he did through the entire year, and Jose Veras and Joaquin Benoit, who were supposedly our closers, forgot how to close during the ALCS. I hate to bring this up to Tigers fans because we all know how devastating it was to watch it not once, but twice to see two grand slams hit off of us in the end of big games, games two and game six of the ALCS against Boston. David Ortiz and Shane Victorino are not my friends, nor will they ever be, in case they were ever worried about that. Ultimately, he caused Detroit the series. Holy Varus proved that he could not deal with the pressure pitching in these big-time situations. Detroit picked him up from the Astros midway through the season. Pressure might not have had a huge effect on him in Houston, just maybe a guess there. Joaquin Benoit picked a very bad time to start blowing saves. But enough about the old. I, I want to talk about the new. Let's look forward to 2014. 2013 is behind us. It's over. We have a whole new revamped Detroit lineup here. Our infield is completely new. Nobody's at the same position they played in 2013. Castellanos, a new recruit that you've been hearing about for years now, most likely will be coming up to play third base for Detroit. Jose Iglesias, the almost sure-handed shortstop as we saw once again in 2013. No, we're done. No more 2013 talk. Jose Iglesias will be starting at shortstop for the now St. Louis Cardinal, Johnny Peralta. Ian Kinsler will be at second base, another new acquisition. And Miguel Cabrera, ready to go from that injury, will be at first base back home. Obviously without his buddy Prince Fielder, and no cool celebrations after home runs, but we can go without that for now. Obviously this adds depth to the team. Everybody can say that bats go quiet once in a while, and it obviously did for Detroit. But things that can't go quiet are stuff like defense and speed. They're intangibles. They don't show up a lot on paper, but you know that they're very necessary for a team to go as far as the Tigers need to go this year. And if there's anything else to talk about, it's obviously that Jim Leland is no more, and by no more, I mean he is probably up in the press box watching the games instead of on the field yelling at the umpires starting 2014. Got a bright new Brad Ausmus in the lineup here. If anybody wants a little background on Brad Ausmus who hasn't done it already... I'm your guy. Let's do the little bio right now. Background on Brad Ausmus. He is 44 years old, actually one of the youngest managers that the Tigers have had. Originally was a catcher for the Tigers in his 18-year career playing baseball from 1993 to 2010. Finished with a perfectly mediocre two five eight batting average. He also however, a three-time gold glove winner. He played for the Padres, the Tigers, the Astros, and the Dodgers, both in the AL and the NL. NO. And he worked in the front office for the Padres from 2010 until 2013. When Leland decided he was done working for the Detroit Tigers as their manager, Detroit decided to pick up Brad Ausmus, young but talented manager, actually worked for the Israeli national team who lost in the pool round and almost made it to the World Baseball Classic in 2013. Now the 37th manager of the Detroit Tigers, and I, for one, am very happy to have him. The only problem is if time will tell if he deserves it. Now, obviously, we want to talk about Joe Nathan, who is probably the most important Tiger to watch for the 2014 season. Detroit is not shy about telling the world that they need a closer. They have been going through Jose Valverde, Joaquin Benoit, none has worked, even though Jose Valverde was perfect in 2011. A little bit of a fun fact here for you Valverde had 51 consecutive saves between the 2010-2011 season. In the 2012 season, he lost on opening day to... That's right, it was the Boston Red Sox. Detroit eventually won the game 3-2, but the blown save snapped the 51 consecutive game streak from Jose Valverde. And then the NDL went downhill from there anyway. I don't like to talk about it. Naturally, the Tigers went on to try to find a new relief pitcher. They had... In a guy named Joe Nathan, somebody who was 39 years old. He'll turn 40 at the end of the 14 season. This is a closer that's designed to win and designed to win a championship for Detroit right now. He is experienced. He knows what he needs to do and hopefully he'll understand that he has to get things done. Little line on Joe Nathan. He's been playing since 1999, been with the Minnesota Twins in 2004, moved over to Texas for the last two years where he had. 37 saves with only 3 blown saves in 2012, and 43 saves with only 3 blown saves in 2013. So even though he's an older guy, you can't say that his consistency as a closer has not dwindled at this time, which is probably good for Detroit, seeing as what they need is consistency out of a closer, for seeing that atrocious performance in the ALCS. In any event, he is my tiger to watch for the 2014 season. I hope I am correct in saying we won't need to watch him very much. He should be very fine on his own. But that is wishful thinking as always. Moving on into 2014, we got all sorts of new faces, including Brad Osmus, including Joe Nathan, including Ian Kinsler, our second baseman, ready to go on the infield. Just as sure-handed as Jose Iglesias is. And the infield has really come together over the last year. It took a lot of heat, especially the Tigers as an organization in general, that they focused around power and not as much speed and movement on the base pass. was a good mix between that. He had 15 stolen bases in 2012. Not a huge number, but definitely more than Ramon Santiago. Definitely more than Miguel Cabrera, obviously. That goes without saying. Prince Fielder. Big guys on the base pass. Hopefully it's going to be more of the little guys get onto the base pass and the big guys bring them home. It's obviously the most simple way you can put baseball in general, but it's something that the Tigers need to work on for this new year. If we move on to spring training now, we are looking at a Detroit team that is hopefully ambitious. Miguel Cabrera was not expected to report for another week to spring training down in Florida, Now, we talked about this earlier, whether Cabrera is just wanting to get up and start moving around again after his surgery. Also, Verlander is back at spring training. Again, maybe because of his surgery, maybe because the weather in Detroit is just awful right now. But it's good to see both guys, both MVPs, looking to get ready for the next year and hopefully are coming back from surgeries even more than 100%. Cabrera and Verlander both spoke to press a couple days ago. Cabrera said that he is 100%, even though he doesn't like giving a number to his health. And he showed up to spring training about a week in advance, and his quote to the free press was pretty simply, let's do it. That's a good attitude to have for Miguel Cabrera. Hopefully, he'll show that he can. As we said already, Justin Verlander threw about 20 pitches off a flat mound as of February 10th. That was according to reports from ESPN. He was talking to press, and he said that he felt good after his core muscle repair surgery. And he called the surgery a blessing and surprise. And he felt that he needed this time to get over what was straining him before. And when he took pitches, he had absolutely no pain whatsoever. And luckily for the Tigers, Verlander's injury did come really at the best possible time. And the season was over. Uh, Verlander had issues beforehand. He maybe didn't have as much power behind his balls as he should have. And he was ready for the start of the season as most people projected. He's going to be out slowly, coming back for another couple months or so. But by April 2nd, when Detroit's ready to play, hopefully Verlander will be in contention for the opening day role, obviously. It's going to be a battle between Verlander and Scherzer. Who deserves it more? Is it the Verlander the hometown guy, or Scherzer the best pitcher in baseball right now? It'll all be up to Osmus. It'll be his first big decision as manager. Other players that reported early to spring training included Verlander, Porcello, Sanchez, Drew Smiley, Phil Koch, Dwayne Bielow, and Alex Avila. Uh, pitching coach Jeff Jones and Brad Ausmus were also set to arrive today. Now, again, we talked about players weren't required to come early. Pitchers and catchers were reported to come in the next couple of days. They're showing up early might just be a sign that they want to get the season started. If we take it as an optimistic thing, we could say that people are coming early because of the good managerial chemistry that Brad Ausmus is making with his team, bringing them together, telling them to start strong, perhaps. Uh, In the end, it's all about what they do on the field. It's good to know that players are anxious and ready to get on that field to get going, but they need to produce results. In 2014, I think, maybe not just for Mike Illich in general, but for this Tiger Nation. We've gone about six or seven years waiting for a World Series ring. I think it's time we got one. As we saw earlier in the week, Scherzer and Porcello, along with Avila, and many other Tigers agreed to one-year deals with the team. That's including Austin Jackson, Al Albuquerque, and Andy Dirks. Now, obviously, this was to avoid arbitration from Dave Dombrowski. He's on a very long streak of not needing an arbitrator to help him with his team. For the most part, the Tigers are willing to negotiate. And Scherzer, with his pretty hefty contract, I think as much as he deserved it, Maybe needed more than a one-year deal. It was iffy amongst the public if Scherzer would even stay with the team. Luckily, we know that we've got two of our pitchers, even though we had to say goodbye to Doug Fister. And I wrote an article about a couple weeks ago mentioning how this team needed to improve during the offseason. A little bit of a postseason report card from the Detroit Tigers. You can check that out, impact89fm.org. Just go to Tiger Talk, you'll see that. And it was about starting pitching at pretty much all the aspects of this team that required a shift or maybe a change. And it was written essentially to see if the Tigers would clean up shop and maybe find a new strategy because the power game wasn't working for them. And for the most part, they did a very good job of that, acquiring Kinsler, acquiring Rajai Davis in left field. Even though our fielding was, for the most part, pretty decent. I use that decent term loosely, obviously. But in the end, the Tigers needed to revamp and figure out a new way they needed to win these series. Uh, In the end, power is just not going to cut it for this team. And a combination of pitching and hopefully speed on the base pass will end up to be a much better combination and strategy for Detroit. As we close out here, we're going to bring out uh, the fact that obviously we're happy for the first episode of Tiger Talk, as we are all the podcasts here on The Impact. You can check those out. Obviously, we have our new sports program, Michigan State Sports, and all the Detroit sports. Obviously, impact89fm.com slash sports. Check out podcasts, articles, and more. And as we always know, we're going to see in the next installment of Tiger Talk, we might bring on a White Sox fan, lives close to home, see if I uh, do a little bit of arguing with him. Maybe we'll ask the question if I can sit in a studio with a White Sox fan and settle our differences through intelligent discussion or not. Guess we'll just have to wait and find out. Thank you all so much for listening and go Tigers. Baseball, Hank and Charlie slugging, Tiger baseball, schoolboys did the chucking, Goose Goslin made a posing picture scream. Then Georgie Kelly came upon the scene. I'm talking baseball, the Motor City team. set him down.